In the 1950s, Northwestern had a big problem. The university wanted to expand following World War II, but there was simply not enough space. The solution? Lake Michigan. In 1962, Northwestern expanded eastward by creating new land off of its coastline. When construction finished a few years later, the lakeville we now all know and love had doubled the size of the university's campus. But if getting more land was the central issue, why did Northwestern make a big chunk of the lakeville, well, a lake? I'm Jacob Lazaro, and this is Ask NBN. WNUR now takes pride in presenting by tape recording the dedication of Northwestern University's James Roscoe Miller campus as it took place on the afternoon of October 7, 1964. The Lakeville was inaugurated with much pomp and ceremony in October of 1964. Adlai Stevenson was the distinguished speaker, a Northwestern graduate, two-time Democratic presidential candidate, and JFK's ambassador to the United Nations. And I'm also deeply indebted to you, sir, and to all of the trustees and your associates for this invitation to participate in the dedication of this magnificent and uh, imaginative new campus. I only hope it doesn't blow away before we get through with the inauguration. But the idea of a lakeville was not just a product of the 1950s. Kevin Leonard, Northwestern's university archivist, says dreams of eastward expansion stretch as far back as the early 1890s. Those earlier plans envisioned uh, roadways, uh, lagoons, uh, rowing pond, uh, polo field out on the lake fill. There was a great uh, architectural sketch that depicts a uh, landing strip for aircraft out there, but they were pipe dreams at the times that they were presented. Leonard says these plans became closer to reality following the Second World War. The university needed to expand, but doing so by buying parts of the city of Evanston proved a big challenge. It was very difficult to get the necessary permitting, and it raised the ire particularly of the citizenry living in the areas adjacent to Northwestern. There was fear that the university would eventually grow all the way out to Ridge Road, and these fights convinced university leaders that they needed a new option. Building on the other side of Sheridan Road, west of Sheridan Road, is expensive. We're, we're bordered by a a residential area and a nice residential area, and those properties can cost quite a bit of money. Filling in a big chunk of Lake Michigan proved more practical. New plans were commissioned and drawn up by architect Walter Nesch, who would later go on to design many of the new buildings constructed on the Lakeville, such as the University Library and Regenstein Hall of Music. But there was a small hitch. Northwestern did not actually own the land underneath the water. Following a special, unanimous act of the Illinois State Legislature, Northwestern bought 152 acres of lake bed for a little over $15,000. Approximately doubled the size of the Evanson campus. So it's, it's a really pivotal moment in Northwestern's history. Construction began in 1963, with barges dumping an estimated 2 million cubic yards of sand into the lake. The total cost? $6.5 million. Leonard says the lake film made Northwestern what it is today, to the point that without it, the university would just be another small liberal arts college in the Midwest allowed so many of the buildings that you see now, and and not only the buildings, but the functions that go along with those buildings. John Searle, the president of the Board of Trustees during the Lakeville's construction, agreed. On this man-made land will be erected the three research pavilions of the university's great new library. Out on the northeast tip of the new campus will raise the twin towers of the Lindheimer Astronomical Research Center. And contemplated for eventual construction on this new land, are a science complex, a biological science center, a fine and performing arts center, 
a new facility for students' activities, and a conference center. But if more land was the main issue, why did Northwestern's new Lakeville include such a large lake? Fake Michigan, if you will, takes up a significant amount of space, about 25% of the total area. There's got to be a reason for that. But ultimately, Leonard says, it was all about aesthetics. The lagoon serves as a way to keep Northwestern's old campus close to the lake by bringing the lake inland. You can see some of his earlier plans where he's sketching out a lakefill without a lagoon, but pretty early on you see uh, a lagoon as part of his drawings. The earlier you go on, the, on his drawings that incorporate a lagoon, the lagoon was much larger. However, it wasn't a slam dunk. There was actually some early pushback from university administrators. Like, why are we building this? It's, if we need land, let's get more land. Ultimately, the lagoon stayed. It eventually gained a practical purpose as a source of cool water for the university's new utilities plant, which was built to cool all the new buildings on the lakefill. However, that wouldn't last. As the lagoon silted up, the volume of water in the lagoon was reduced. Right? It became shallower and shallower, and the temperatures of the water in the lagoon rose. That water would have to be cooled itself to be used in the chillers, which would cost even more money. Ultimately, the university had to dig a channel through the lake fill and send a pipe out into Lake Michigan. So the water used for the, um, the chillers is drawn directly now from the from the lake rather than from the lagoon. But fake Michigan's practicality lives on. It was switched from a cool water reservoir to a hot water discharge pond. So you're not creating some form of, of thermal pollution by putting in mm-hmm. water that's too warm uh, into the lake. Side note here, we reached out to facilities management multiple times for this story, but they declined to comment. Leonard says Northwestern's even considered filling the lagoon in. Plans were made public in the early 2000s to add four acres of land to campus by filling in a portion of it. Those were not realized. Right? There, was, there was a lot of pushback on that, and the university backed away. So, fake Michigan is likely here to stay. Stroll along its western shore, and you'll catch a glimpse of the masses of extra-large carp that live beneath the tranquil waters. They will sense you. They will discern your presence, and they will come right up to you and expect some form of reward for doing that. WNUR's coverage of the Lakeville's dedication is courtesy of the Northwestern University Archives. Also, we've put some of the archives' fantastic images of the Lakeville's plans and construction on our website, northbynorthwestern.com. Check out this story there to have a look. This episode's theme is Magic Scout Cottages by Kevin McLeod of acombatech.com. I'm Jacob Lazaro, and this is NBN Audio. Before you go, Northwestern was given a rectangle of underwater land from the state of Illinois to build the Lakeville. But the university only used about half of it, and thus still owns an underwater portion of Lake Michigan. Could there ever be a lake filled too? Next time on Ask NBN.